Hi, and welcome to the Trusted Executive Podcast. I'm here with Dr. John Blakey, the founder of the Trusted Executive Foundation, which helps CEOs and leaders across all sectors around the globe create a new standard of leadership defined by trustworthiness. He's been named a top 100 global thought leader in trust by Trust Across America, and his work has been featured in Forbes, BBC News, HuffPost, and the Sunday Times. So welcome, John. Morning, David. Great to be here again, talking about our third habit. Yes, I'm looking very much looking forward to this. Now, those of you who listened before will know that the idea of this podcast has helped you as listeners gain a, a practical understanding of the potential benefits of the trusted executive model for you through taking a deep dive with each of the nine leadership habits which underpin the model. Now, as you say in the book, John, I didn't just dream up these nine habits over a glass of red wine. Indeed, they're a product of six years of evidence-based research at Aston Business School for your doctorate, involving over 500 board-level leaders. And with a deep passion, you offer the business world an academically rigorous and relevant answer to the question, how do I trust and why does it matter? So, John, from your research and as an introduction for those listening for the first time, why should they care about trust? And in a nutshell, what did you discover in your research? Okay, so let's start with the big questions. Uh, why should I care about trust? Uh, well, it was Covey, I think, who said trust is the one thing that changes everything. Um, and, you know, I've had the opportunity to research trust, and there are countless research papers that document the impact of trust on, on things ranging from productivity to mental well-being to profitability to creativity to uh, employee engagement you name it there's been a research paper somewhere that has drawn an audit trail from trust to a positive impact in business so I do think it is the one thing that changes everything and um, and therefore you know for us as leaders I think that magic wand of trust is something that you know we can all master and and learn to do at the next level. Mm. Thank you. And I think as, as we, we dive deeper with the third habit today, I think we start to see actually with this, the third habit today is choosing to be consistent, which sits under the pillar of ability. And I know when I've been looking at this one, it really has a sense of how it all starts then to come together for me because of, as you said in, in the chapters, links to values. And as I said, I'm, I'm always drawn by this aspect of those listening for the first time that the habits start with the word choosing. So this one is choosing to be consistent. And this makes this very intentional for me. It's not a one-off. And as you say, which I love, a habit is an accumulation of choices. So for you, John, what is this habit choosing to be consistent and what benefits will it provide to an organization? Yeah, um, consistency, not the most glamorous of the nine <laughs> habits, to be fair, but very, very important. And maybe one of the ways to think about this habit and what it is, is to think about the opposite of what it is. So the opposite of consistent, being inconsistent. And nothing destroys trust as quickly as unpredictability of behavior. So when I was uh, younger in my career, I remember working for a leader who prided himself on doing something different or saying something different on a Wednesday to what he did on a, a Tuesday to what he did on a Monday. And the theory was he kept you on your toes. And mm. I think, yes, it worked where fear was the glue of the culture. You know, where fear is the glue, then being unpredictable, keeping people on their toes, you know, that's part of that way of leadership. But it's not the way of trustworthy leadership. 
if, if I don't know where I stand in relation to you, um, then it's going to be very difficult for me to trust you. So what I'm looking for is that predictability of behavior that, that you um, respond consistently and reliably to situations and circumstances over a period of time, through the good times and through the bad times. And when I have that feeling of consistency of behavior, that's when I will feel psychologically safe and I will take more risks in that environment because it's a high trust environment. So that's why that consistency is so important in creating these psychologically safe, high mm. trust environments. Mm. And I just remember, I'm trying to think of the author actually, but there's a book, Psychological Safety. And I remember from research, actually, I think it was Google that said, of all the things they looked at, psychological safety was the most important for the efficiency, uh, the effectiveness of their team. So really this choosing to be consistent, it seems to be, as you said, it's almost at times innocuous, but, but my sense it's not, because as you said, this aspect of choosing to be consistent in your behaviours, I think when I was reflecting on it, really gets to, to, to get under the hood of what I call self-awareness. Because, you, you know, if you're going to be consistent in your behaviours, for me, you need to start to tap into that, that set of being self-aware, which, as you know, John, is one of the things I look at around conscious leadership. So that's why I think choosing to be consistent is actually a lot deeper than it seems on the surface. Yeah, and, and, you, and you reminded me of the difference between responding to a situation and reacting to a situation. Yeah. Um, because if you have that uh, self-awareness, um, you have that ability to, to, to step back, make a choice. And this is why choosing to be consistent is important, that you make a choice to respond rather than reacting. Mm -hmm. so reacting implies that, you, you, that you're on autopilot. Um, your, your instinctive you know, reptilian brain has, 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 has kicked in and hijacked the situation and you've, re you've reacted. And if that reaction is not consistent with your normal choices, uh, then people are going to feel unnerved by that. They're going to feel jarred by that breaking out of that consistency of behavior. And that's when people start to feel psychologically unsafe and it undermines trust. Mm. And for me as well, once you bring in the self-awareness, something else I thought of is that actually this choosing to be consistent starts for me to bring in in the, I'm going to call it the, the, the patriarchal system, as you said, and I've also worked under executives who, who like to see one of their traits as being disruptive and keeping people on their toes. But perhaps, and I've only just really thought of this, choosing to be consistent starts to bring in, because I'm now hearing the language around actually that everyone, you know, whatever gender you are, has masculine and feminine traits. And for me, when someone's disruptive, it's and in particular the masculine, it can be what I call shadow masculine. But choosing to be consistent has a wonderful consistency for me of what I say choosing also to be strong, if you look at the masculine traits we all have, also choosing to be caring from the more feminine traits. Because I think when you choose to be consistent, there's an amount of care there for the staff. Because one thing I wanted to flag was that if people aren't trying to double guess you, because you're consistent in your behaviours. For me, that's that's a caring aspect because almost like the nervous system then relaxes a bit because actually they know, they have a sense of how you're going to, as you said, respond as opposed to react. And they also have a sense of trust in you because they know even if it's a difficult decision, there's a behaviour set that actually they can rely on. So they can actually 
really then be with the difficult decisions and know actually we're in this together. Yeah, and I think that's that's the link to values, um, that if you as a leader know what your values are and you have those to hand whenever you're facing a, a challenging decision or a challenging situation and you ask your, yourself that question, how do I honour my values in this situation? Those values become that rock um, that allow you to demonstrate consistent behaviour. So you think you can then become this values-led leader and people, people might not have the same values as you, and they might not agree with your values. But if you are seen to be consistent around your values, then there's an honest uh, proposition there in terms of, this is what I stand for. Uh, I stand for it on a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday. And if you stand for this as well, then you know, maybe we could do something uh, great together. And so you know, clearly I stand for trust, and, and I often talk to people about you know, if you stand for trust, then I stand for trust. And, and that's a good basis because that's a shared value. But I obviously then need to be consistent in demonstrating that my words and my actions uh, are consistent and aligned around uh, around those values. Mm, thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'm surprised actually just to touch the depth of this choosing to be consistent because it almost feels like it's, I don't know if these are the right words, but like an invisible accountability buddy that when you're consistent it brings trust to the table almost um you know you're consistently bringing trust to the table and you're being aware of that and not just aware i think because i think once you become aware of something you then ask the question what is this why am i doing it and there's a sense of actually well this is important because it actually supports the things that we're committing to as an organization and i do want to come back to values because i'm going to pick that up in a second about how executives use this leadership habit but one other thing i want to just a touch on before we go into how and it's this choosing to be consistent I, I'm, I'm loving this one actually because what I'm going to pull together is we've already spoke about values and we're going to come back to that in a second but what's just coming to me if you're choosing to be consistent I think it then gets you to look at the key things in the organization for example if you're choosing to be consistent for me as an organization it then says okay what is our vision and our purpose what are our values and then, of course, what's the culture we have of this organization? So the big elements that quite often organizations struggle in pulling together, I think this choosing to be consistent, then I think encourages organizations to say, actually, what is our purpose and our vision, for example? Because if we're choosing to be consistent, either we, we need to have something we're consistent towards. What is our purpose of this organization? So I just thought of that. Choosing to be consistent starts us in this question. Yeah, OK, we've got values, but what about our purpose? Are we acting consistently towards that? Yeah, and I think that links to, to one of the other habits, the evangelize habit that, you know, um, that habit number seven in the model evangelize is where we talk about the importance of that vision and that inspiring purpose. And so these habits um, do need to be looked at along, alongside each other. It's easier to be consistent if you've got an inspiring purpose. The other thing I would say, um, David, about consistency is, we you know, we've talked a lot here about purpose, about relationships, culture, but consistency is absolutely key to results, yeah. to delivering yeah. results. I mean, one of the phrases I heard recently was, a brand is a promise of consistency. And, and so when I buy a Big Mac in, in Oslo Airport or, or in uh, Paris Airport or in the United States, it's the same Big Mac. It's a consistent offering it's a consistent product 
Um, so I think this consistency is is key to relationships, but it's also key to driving results over a period of time. It's quite closely linked to discipline and the I- idea that if you have a consistent process, a consistent brand, and that you uh, stand by that for over a period of time, you are disciplined in that. It's also key to driving um, results, you know, and, and, and we know that part of our triple bottom line, you know, purpose for, for, for a high trust business is that we build great relationships. We have that brand reputation, but we also drive fantastic results. Thank you. So it's really, so it's really feels to me, it's like a touchstone, isn't it? Choosing to be consistent. So, so I'm getting a sense, I hope those are listening are probably getting a real sense of what the habit choosing to be consistent is and how perhaps wide ranging and interlinking with the other habits it is. But I also like to be curious from a practical perspective, asking, yeah, I hear this, but how are executives actually use this leadership habit to make a real difference in their organization? So I have recorded um, a short interview with Fiona Furman, who's the communications manager from the NHAL group, who have embedded the trusted executive model in, in their organization. And we're going to hear from her now, John, on how they've used the habit choosing to be consistent. And I know you haven't heard this interview, so I look forward to your response. So once again, I'm with Fiona Thurman, the communications manager with NAHL Group, a group of consumer legal businesses, including National Accident Helpline. And as an organization, NAHL are using the trusted executive framework to empower the way they work and serve their customers. So Fiona, how have you used this third leadership habit, choosing to be consistent, within NHAL to make a real difference in your organization? Sure, hi David. So um, so looking back at the first lockdown that we had when, when COVID first hit, we, we made a commitment as a business very early on um, to ensure that we were able to be open and honest um, and consistent in our messaging um, with our staff. We um, gave our commitment to, um, to abiding by all of the government guidelines around and, and the health and safety guidelines around managing COVID, as well as our commitment to being transparent and honest um, in all our communications with staff. So whenever our, our leaders were speaking to staff, they consistently gave those messages so that staff knew exactly where they stood. Um, it wasn't shifting sands, things weren't moving around, but they knew that our commitment was to them and to and to our business. Unfortunately, as with many businesses, we had um, a number of colleagues who um, we needed to um, place on the furlough, furlough system. And again, that we were so conscious that they they were as important a part of what our business was doing to get through get through this situation as the people who are working all the way through. And that message was consistently given. So it was just really important for us um, in that situation that our colleagues all had consistent messaging, that they all knew how valuable, that everyone had the same level of value to the business uh, in that situation. And we worked really, really hard to make sure that that was the case. And for you, what's been a personal insight or a personal growth moment through using choosing to be consistent leadership habits at this time? Yeah, I mean, I think throughout my time at, at NHL Group, cons- the consistency has been a real differentiator for me. I think probably we've all worked in businesses that don't show that level of consistency. And I think it's it can be quite damaging. I think for me, when I've worked in businesses where there isn't that consistency, it's so destabilizing. Mm-hmm. And it's destabilizing to the point where it actually can make it quite challenging for you to just do your job because you're second guessing things all the time. You're you're trying to read between the lines of things, and and that's time consuming, and it takes energy, and it takes it takes away peace in a way as well. It it doesn't give you that kind of peace and contentment that you need in a, in in order to be able to do the 
the best job that, that you can. And so I found that, that during this time, that that consistency of message and behaviour and visibility of our, our leaders, especially, um, has been really critical in enabling me to, to do my, my day-to-day job. I love my role. So I'm responsible for staff engagement in our business. And so I think I know how long it takes to build up trust and to build up to build up that sense of, of consistency and contentment and staff engagement within a business. And I know how quickly it can be lost as well. Thank you ever so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, John, there's Fiona on choosing to be consistent. I'd love to hear your response to what she said. Yeah, um, it's always interesting uh, listening to people who have actually been working with, with the model in the front line, um, mm. particularly obviously in the front line of, of lockdown. Um, so Fiona reminded us of... Uh, communication and the importance of consistency in in communication and messaging and uh, that's something I think that in this pandemic in particular whether it's as a government uh, or as a business leader that consistency of messaging you know is is critical particularly in times of crisis um, if you're going to keep the the trust with with people. Um, Fiona also talked about it was very interesting when she talked about um, second guessing when, when you're in a situation where you're trying to second guess everything and, it, and, and she said uh, it can take away your peace I think I think at one point she actually used that phrase it can take away your peace and I think she's exactly right it links back to what we talked about psychological safety I think when when you talk about taking away your peace it basically means that you're you're, you're you've not got that feeling of psychological safety and it and it links a little bit um, David to highly political cultures I think inconsistent behavior is a breeding ground for politics, uh, you know, and, and we all have worked in highly politicized businesses or organizations. And as Fiona says, the amount of energy and talent that's wasted through politicking, you know, in organizational cultures like that, we've all, I think, felt the pain of that. Uh, we've all lost the peace, you know, in, in those environments. And so I think anybody who, uh, who wants to try and build something different, then hopefully this habit is part of how you can minimise the, the politic in, in organisations by maximising uh, that consistency of behaviour. Totally, yes. There were some wonderful things in there that she said. We were speaking earlier in the podcast about being aware, and I don't know if you noticed, she said actually we were very conscious about choosing to be consistent and spoke about when colleagues went on furlough which really got me thinking about, you know, as we were talking about earlier, there was, it brought to the table this caring aspect of, you know, the choosing to be consistent, they were choosing to be consistent around caring for, for their staff at this difficult time during the pandemic. And one thing I like, which reminded me of what you said in the book, is you talk about in the book about values and how you can look at values from when they're in peak moments and also when they're in moments of despair. And I always say that when times are difficult, that's when the values really get tested. So I had a sense really in this pandemic time when they're responding to it, there was a sense they really stepped into these, these habits to help them to actually find a North Star, to find a, you know, a guiding point in this respect, choosing to be consistent, meant that actually they were, as she said, you know, there was consistency of message, of behaviour, of visibility. And I love that because, A, they were conscious in choosing it, but two, actually, it just for me says actually there's so many benefits from this model, but actually it's perhaps not always easy to to implement because it, sometimes it can sound easy, oh, I'll choose to be consistent, but actually they chose, and, and as you said, there was some discipline around sticking to that because it really mattered to them. Yeah, definitely. 
And the final thing, what she said right at the end there, which I loved, was actually she said, you know, she realizes how it takes time to build trust, trust and takes time to build trust around consistency. And as you said before, how it can be lost very quickly. So um, which leads us up into the next one, really. The next point I wanted to ask is that we're looking at this habit, but there's a point where we say, you know, how does this habit choosing to be consistent work alongside the other habits in the model? Yeah, I think um, if I think about uh, choosing to be consistent and, and then what other habits in the model do we link to? I think we've talked about deli- delivery, you know, that a, a brand is a promise of consistency. And so um, consistent delivery day in, day out, I think, I think that is key to the discipline of any successful business. Um, so I think there is a, definitely a link between uh, delivery and, uh, and consistency. You mentioned about about care, you know, consistency and care. Well, that habit number nine is is the habit of of being kind. Mm. So I think there is a you know there is a sort of uh, link there that um, we've got to sort of balance this consistency across all of that triple bottom line of results, relationships, and and reputation. We need to apply that consistency across all these habits. So. You know, we could say we could say for all the habits, couldn't we? If you're honest nine days out of ten and dishonest on the tenth day, or if you're kind nine days out of ten and cruel on the tenth day, you know, if you deliver nine days out of ten and you don't deliver on the tenth day, this this lack of consistency is going to be a a, a liability on on any habit if uh, if we're not aware of. Uh, particularly, I think in the current um, climate, you know, people are very cynical. People are looking to catch you as a leader getting it wrong. I mean, that might sound, um, you know, why do, why do they want to do that? You know, but that, that's, just, that's just, I think, the reality of the leadership role, that you are under scrutiny. People are watching you. And if they will choose to remember that one day that you didn't do the habit rather than the nine days that you did do it. So I think it just underlines that for all nine habits, being consistent, uh, and obviously we all make mistakes, there's going to be slip-ups and, and, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about that in a minute. But, uh, but you know, just, just recognising how key it is to, uh, to have that consistency and maximise that com- consistency across all, all nine habits. Mm. Thank you, John. Yes, we'll, we'll have a look at it in a second. And what just came to my, my mind, of course, and, and you're quite right, every organisation, every individual make slips up, make makes mistakes, but perhaps, and we'll have a look at in a second, there's some consistency around how you may choose to respond to that as well. So it's, it helps that. So John, we've covered a lot of ground. So how can, for listeners out there, um, what further resources or hands-on experience of this habit, choosing to be consistent, would you recommend them to, to try out to, to help them make a real difference for their organisation? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this before, David, and I, I don't know many books with the leadership books with the word consistency in the in the title. You know, I was thinking, have I ever seen a book called you know How to Be the Consistent Leader? I, I don't, I don't think I have. Maybe, maybe there's an opportunity there for, for someone. So I can't immediately think of, of of books. But what I'm thinking of resources here is probably um, an exercise. You know, there's an exercise that I'd like to share with our our listeners because it's been such a powerful exercise for me um, over the last. 12 years that I've used it and, and you alluded to it in the um, earlier in the podcast that in the book I talk about how key it is to understand your values and do we actually know what our values are I had a, a coaching session as I say 12 years ago with it with a great coach who who went, took me through an exercise that elicited my values and it wasn't just an exercise where she gave me a tick list and said you know tick the ones that you like the sound of 
she actually took me through an experience uh, and, and helped me think about the peak um, experiences in my life and, and the difficult days in my life. And through reflecting on those, discerning what my values were. And I've kept a list of those values ever since that day. And every Sunday evening, uh, before I go into my working week, I open my Evernote uh, app and I look in this um, note where it's titled, how will I honor my values this week? And I have those values listed and I look at my diary and I, I try and see where are the opportunities for me to be to be courageous, which is one of my values. Where are the opportunities for me to share? So this podcast, for me, it's honoring my value of sharing. Where are the opportunities for me to have fun? Because fun is one of my, my values. So uh, as and I quote it in the book that Roy Disney says, you know, it's easy to make decisions when you know what your values are. But do you know what your values are? I would encourage all the listeners to challenge themselves to dig out those values and to do it through a process of reflection and coaching. There is an exercise in the book that would help people with this, because until you know what they are, you can't use them as a decision making tool. But the day that you do know what they are, you can use them as this very practical decision making tool that helps you deliver and build a habit of consistency over a period of time. Thank you. And if I remember correctly, I think in the book, uh, you talk about uh, for the Trusted Executive Foundation, how you have, I think, words you use, take turns to be like the guardian of the, the habits. Is that right? You have a meeting and you just check in as to how well you've actually measured up to the values or is that correct? Is that one way you, you use this? Yeah, we have a nine habits guardian and in our gatherings of our, of our Trusted Executive Fellowship Boards, we, we ask someone to play that role. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the meeting, they feed back to us how they think we fared against the habits. What did we do well? What did we do not so well? Because mm-hmm. the other great resource for anybody working on this uh, habit is, is feedback. Yeah. You know, are, are you getting feedback on, on your ability to live by your values consistently? And, and very few leaders get feedback on that. You know, people get feedback on everything else just about. But do you get feedback on whether you're living by your values? And, and things like that, that nine habits guardian role, is a simple way to invite feedback into those uh, teams and and for those individuals. Mm, Thank you, John. I think that's a great point because quite often when I go into organisations, when they're open and honest to the habits, they will quite often say we struggle to actually embody the values we have. We, We think the values are valuable, but we struggle to embody them. So that's a really good tip. And one final question, because this podcast is a deep dive. And quite often I get a sense of perhaps listeners are going, David, ask John this question because it's really, really want to know the answer to this one. So this is one that's just come to me and it's quite a deep question actually, but I'm going to ask it because it's choosing to be consistent. So here's an exec that comes to you, John, and says, John, love this aspect, but you're talking about John choosing to be consistent. So John, how can I choose to be consistent across the nine habits, across the corporate values and across my own individual values? How does this work? (laughs) <laughs> help, help. help me john yeah, um, yeah and, and as a coach I, I often in fact often um after people have have done that exercise of working out what their values are often they they then start comparing those values to the values of their their organization and and clearly there's there's sometimes not a perfect match um now i think it's i think it's good to be aware of those uh differences um and to be conscious of those differences and over time, um, I think leaders look for environments that are consistent with their own values. The, the, the more alignment you can get between your individual values, the values of your team, 
the values of your organization. The more alignment you can get around values, uh, the easier it is going to be to be consistent in that environment. Now, it's not a perfect world. Uh, we know there's going to be gaps and, and mismatches at times. Um, and that's where the other habits, I think, are going to come in in terms of make, making sure that over time you can, can handle that. For example, the habit of being humble. You know, who are you to impose your values on the rest of the organization? <laughs> so there is, a, there is a humility around accepting that other people have values. And, you know, we, we are working in, in a, a multi-value environment. So I think, um, yeah, we're seeking to get alignment wherever possible. But we're also living in the real world where there will be mismatches. And I do think that's where the other habits of, of trust will, will, will come into play. Otherwise, consistency risks being overdone and becoming dogma um, and becoming stubbornness and becoming, you know, all, all those other aspects that obviously are going to start to undermine trust and it's very interesting. One of our clients at the moment is is opening our eyes to the fact that that you can overdo a habit. Um, you know, you can start to overdo it. There is there is a zone in which it's optimized. But if you actually if you actually elevate that habit and make a, a sort of a, a religion out of it, <laughs> yes. you, you're going to find that it will undermine other habits in the model. Thank you, John. That's just that's a wonderful answer. And, and also, as you were speaking, what came to me is that when you work with these, as you said, it doesn't have to be a perfect alignment. But for me, actually, I can then understand perhaps why this value or this habit is important to someone else. And it can actually help me shift perceptions. I can then perhaps grow out of that. So thank you for that response. I hadn't thought of that. So I really appreciate that. So we've touched on this and this is about actually We've spoken a lot about choosing to be consistent and how you've grounded this in research and how Fiona is using it and the impact it has. But you also talk in the book, there's a book about cracks in the pillar and about what to do when things go wrong. And this is a, a grounded realism for me. It's gritty. And I know that you're a pragmatist who walks the talk and, and I honor that. So I just want to ask you the question. In relation to choosing to be consistent, what can an organization do when things go wrong with this habit? Yeah, and, you know, we are going to hit that day, you know, when things go wrong with consistency. Typically, that's triggered by stress. So whether it's at an individual level or an organizational level, in a crisis, uh, we are much more likely to react than respond. And, and that's when we're maybe going to go to that instinctive uh, fight or flight sort of response and, uh, and that's what could undermine this consistency. And, and if we find ourselves having got sort of tempted into that situation, um, then I think, as I say in the book, we always look at the other habits to see which other habit can help us when things go wrong with, with one habit. So if, let's imagine we've, we've uh, undermined our uh, reputation for consistency. I think the habits of integrity certainly come into play there. Be, be honest, be open, be humble. So, mm. you know, uh, accept that... Um, You've made a mistake. Fess up uh, on that. Um, you know, if necessary, have a conversation with the people involved to uh, to apologize, um, to explain, to help help them try and understand that you know the circumstances that you were in that prompted you to to react the way you did. And of course, the habit of kindness is always always a great habit to look uh, to reach for when things go wrong, because a well timed. Uh, note of thanks or a, or a well-timed small gift of appreciation uh, can work wonders in terms of uh, you know healing any damage that might have been done from that slip of, of, of inconsistency so I think those are the main habits I would talk about David in terms of 
how to recover on those inevitable days when you might experience uh, that you reacted a bit out of character and undermined that uh, consistency. Thank you, John. And, and I think it, it probably is in part of the culture organisation that's using these, these habits, as you know, to, to know that, that things will go wrong at times. And as you said, it's then how you choose to respond that can actually then support the recovery. And as we spoke before, I think another podcast can even, I think it was a delivery one, choosing to deliver, how it can even then deeper trust, deepen trust as a result. Yeah. So, John, we're moving to, to one of my favourite parts. We've kind of looked at you know, what the, what's the habit is and uh, how listeners can use it. And this one is a deep dive into why this habit matters to you. And, and I know you've spent a long time researching and developing this model in, you, in your PhD and in your career. And of course, you've had a successful ongoing career as, as both a leader and world-class coach. Um, so really looking at choosing uh, to be consistent, let's just dive a bit deeper with this as to why this habit is personally matters to you. And we spoke before, there's kind of two levels. There's one personally, and then there's one around perhaps you know the spiritual perspective for you so in this part I'm just going to invite you to to explore both if you like and, and just go a bit deeper in this as to why this why this is important to you choosing to be consistent yeah and you know, this is your favorite part of the podcast so <laughs> it's always the part of the podcast where I draw a deep breath um, uh, but uh, let's let's go for it yeah why is this important to me personally I, I listened to a, a great talker recently, a lady called Razia Aziz. Um, it was actually on a topic of diversity. And she, but she said in that um, speech about um, we've all got a beast in the basement. It was a very powerful phrase, which, which everybody dis- discussed at the time. And, you know, I've got a beast in the basement. Um, you've got a beast in the basement. And, and when I talk about reacting and that um, instinctive reptilian brain that kicks in, you know, with the fight or flight, that's typically when the beast in the basement gets mobilized. And I know I've got that in me and I've had it in me over the years. And I know that there are times when I react and I can react in a way that people around me think is, hang on a minute, where, where did that come from? You know, that, that's, mm. that, that's not the John that we, that we thought we knew. Um, so I've experienced how jarring that is for people and how much it um, unsettles people mm. in, in my sphere of leadership. And I've done a lot of work with coaches um, and on myself over the years to, to understand the nature of that beast in the basement. And I, and I have got to a stage in, in, in my life now where I know where that comes from. I, I, know, I know the sort of childhood sort of uh, events that, that prompted me to be oversensitive to certain situations and, and therefore to react because I didn't feel safe. And, and you know, back then when, when, when those events happened as a child, it was, it was right that I didn't feel safe and that I didn't know what to do and therefore I, I react, you know. But as an adult and as a, as a leader, um, the more aware we can become of the, of the reality of what is that part of us and, and where does it come from uh, and how do we over time become more and more aware of that and therefore less likely to be hijacked by that. That's, that's why this habit is particularly important to me because I, I recognise in my own leadership, um, you know, that, that's something that I've, I've had to work very hard at to, um, and, and still, still work at today in terms of trying to understand where there is that temptation to react rather than respond. Well, I'm taking a breath there, John, because that is a deep dive. They're very vulnerable dive. So thank you. And I really relate to that, really do, because 
it's it's an important one. I think it's a really important one for leaders because it's this sense of these triggers, as you said, that we can carry from child and, and something something may happen in a meeting, may happen in a chance conversation when we're back at work together around the water or, or some event happens that we kind of feel perhaps there's, you know, there's an anger that comes or there's something that comes, as you said, that then we act out of the character. Yeah. But to bring that awareness to that, to know, as I say, to have that self-compassion, to know that actually something here that I'm responding uh, you know, to childhood, I think some psychologists say these results are 90% a result of a past childhood event. To bring that awareness to it, to take some, do some inner work, as you said, on that is, is something that's very powerful. So what a beautiful share, because it just shows to me perhaps why I'm feeling the depth of this habit, which mm. has surprised me, because I think perhaps underneath this habit, as you said, the beast in the basement, <laughs> there are some really deep senses so thank you for bringing this to light that's a real that's a point of real depth i think from this point of real depth i, I will, will ask you actually around we know that the the model or from where you come your perspective you know there's a there's a respecting of all faith traditions but if we're looking at the um the christian tradition um where for you when we ask the question where did jesus actually from from your perspective where was he choosing to be consistent yeah it's, it's an interesting thought isn't it you know uh, again i don't think there's been a book written you know jesus the consistent leader but when you look at jesus um and you look at the story of jesus he was incredibly consistent incredibly reliable i mean he performed miracles every day he didn't perform them on a monday and tuesday and then he failed on the wednesday and, and he prayed um consistently yes. yeah and he had that mission as you said earlier he knew what his mission was and he cons- he was consistently obedient to that mission mm. so i think it's been really interesting for me to think about this habit in relation to uh, to jesus and of course there were there were two two moments in jesus life that we know about that where he was particularly put under pressure i think around consistency i think the first time was when he spent 40 days in the wilderness and and the devil tempts jesus uh, to betray and be inconsistent to his purpose and his mission. And he gets sorely, sorely tested. He's put under huge, huge pressure. And of course, he passes that, that test. Um, then later in his, his life, as he's, as he's, you know, awaiting sort of crucifixion and, and he knows that he's about to sort of fulfill his, his mission, we, we see Jesus in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And again, he's tested and, and there's a beautiful sort of point you know Luke uh, 22 verse 42 where he says father if you are willing take this cup from from me uh, but let your will not mine be done so we see Jesus faltering and almost almost being tempted to say you know I'm about to drop the the baton here I'm about to sort of have that moment but he still says no let let your will be done you know let let you know and, and he still manages to overcome that temptation in that moment so that he consistently fulfills the plan. So as I've thought about Jesus in relation to this habit, I've realized that he he is, of all the things that he, he was, um, he also was incredibly consistent, disciplined. He was tempted. Um, he was put under huge, huge stress, but he did sort of f- fulfill his uh, consistency of his mission and his values. And therefore, we we know where we stand in relation to, to him, you know, and that that's a hugely reassuring thing for anybody like myself who has a who has a faith that we know where we stand in relation to to jesus 
Absolutely, and then there's, there's something about that. And, and John, I think around this choosing to be consistent, I always say to people that that when I have a look at the you know the New Testament passages, the, the gospel ones, it, it still amazes me how many times in there peppered in there is that Jesus went off to a quiet place to pray. It's in a number of times. I always think from my own perspective, do you know what? He must have been consistent around going off to pray because it's always mentioned in there. And I think it, it taps into your last deep answer that actually he was tapped into this source of knowing that it's really important to refresh themselves by being related to prayer and choosing to be consistent. What I thought of is in the, which I, you know, I love the Christian monastic traditions. Of course, part of theirs is having this regular time of prayer during the day, you know, whether it's first thing, midday, evening and, and nighttime, you know, for offering a rhythm of prayer, which is consistent, which really kind of resources their day. And that, that feels important. And also I was going to bring in, because I thought as well, another community I know, the Zen Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh, he has their five mindfulness trainings. And when you look at the mindfulness trainings, those are really just guideposts as to how am I choosing to be consistent in my life to the things that really matter to me and matter to me being part of this community not as a straitjacket but as a way that someone once said to me no is this is this interesting is this habit is it is it does it liberate you or does it constrict you so i think the choosing to be consistent can be someone might say oh actually that's going to restrict me but i would like to say that actually choosing to be consistent in some ways can actually help to liberate people because i think you know looking at the faith Jesus choosing to be consistent, I think liberated not only himself, but those that were following him as well. Because as you said, they could actually really deeply trust him, which in itself, I think, I just thought of this, trust is so deeply liberating, I believe, in the environment. Yep, spot on. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, John, finally on this one, um, we've spoken before, I mean, that you've, you've got your book, Coaching Poetry from a Spiritual Path, where you say, whatever your own religious beliefs, these poems will challenge you to think deeply and inspire you to take the next step on your own spiritual path, your leadership path. So as we do, I invite you to share one of the poems from your book, which you think is relevant and pertinent to this habit of uh, choosing to be consistent. Yeah, thank you, David. So, yeah, I had to think about this and... Um... I was thinking about uh, our conversation about why is this habit important to me, uh, the beast in the basement, um, the the idea of uh, responding versus reacting. And we talked about the fight or flight response that we can be tempted into in those times of stress. And so the, the, the poem that I'm choosing to share today on this habit is actually called Fight, Flight or Forgiveness. Mm. Because I think... Um, Forgiveness is a choice. Fighting and, 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 and running away is a reaction. Forgiveness is a response. Um, and so uh, I'll just share this, um, this poem as a way of thinking about um, consistency and, and how we are tempted uh, at times to, to, uh, to fight or fly. These blows we are feeling, which still feel real, and they hurt and swell with pain. They tempt us to run away or to stand and fight and brawl, for we think it is real, and yet we can let it happen. Like watching a movie scene, we can be author, not actor in this dream, distant and observant and still, whilst the blows are raining down 
and your ego is screaming for revenge. And then the rage passes like an impersonal storm that dies. And you have not fought nor run away. You are still standing. It was not real. And now with the energy of forgiveness flowing in your limbs, you move forward again as a leader in this world. Beautiful, beautiful, John. Oh, and I'm taking another breath here, John. That's moved me. Um, this, this, thank you. This, this, this habit you can be consistent. I'm just really tapping into the the depth of this one because what I got from that poem is actually as a leader, oh, choosing to be consistent actually does mean choosing to to be there, as you said, not to react, not to flee. To actually truly be in that, that situation, and in, in quite often that difficult situation. And as you said, that may well involve forgiveness. But I think actually, John, it's when you're choosing to stay in that difficult situation, not only does it support the business, I'm just tapping into that develops trust from those that are with you because they know that actually you're not going to react and, and flee you're actually right here. You may not have the answer. That's what's coming to me. But actually, as a leader, you're, you're kind of saying, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, as you said, there is there is great liberation in, in that, you know, and, and if the leader can bring that to a situation, it probably frees everybody up to make new choices, which is which is exactly where we started this conversation, is the, the choice um, that you're making in the present moment and uh, whether that is um, a choice that builds trust or are you making choices that might be repeating patterns of distrust in your own or other people's uh, lives. Totally, yes. And just one final point for me, because I just remember one in, in my own um, corporate career where a decision was made in the organisation to make a number of people redundant. And it meant that when a number of people left the organisation, we suddenly realised we'd lost some key skill sets and some of the accounting systems went down as a result of this because we'd lost some, some knowledge and information. And just for me, choosing to be consistent in that moment was not running. It was just saying to my team, being honest and open, saying this is really difficult, but we're going to find a way through this. And I have a few ideas. I want to listen to what you're saying as well. And just in that moment, John, just choosing to be with that, being consistent with saying it's hard and we're going to get through it. Do you know what? Something just shifted. And it took us a while, but we did get through it. And coming back to you, I always, I've probably still got it somewhere. The financial controller, the, the group financial controller, sent me a lovely letter when it closed just to say thank you, David, and to your team for actually stepping in and managing the situation because I realised it was not easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the people notice, people will really notice that if you are, when, you know, is the, the quote, isn't it? I think, is it Kipling about when, when, uh, when all around you are losing their heads? Um, if, if you if you can be the one that uh, that is still able to think it through and make that consistent decision, I think that uh, people will remember those moments, particularly as say in a in a crisis situation. Mm, thank you, John. Now, finally, for those listening, as a as, as where they where they can go to explore and learn more about the nine habits of trust, you know, and perhaps how they get in touch with a keynote or workshop program or sign up for a newsletter. Where should they go, John? Yeah, um, well, uh, the, the book obviously is uh, is available um, via Amazon. Um, the website is www.trustedexecutive.com. Um, so trustedexecutive.com. 
uh, all sorts of resources on that website, as well as uh, next steps if people want to explore this model more deeply. There's a YouTube playlist. Um, I think there's something like 50 videos on that uh, playlist now, Trust Executive Playlist, um, where, again, uh, we have uh, exploration of the, the model and the habits in more detail. So I hope that there's, uh, those are a few pointers for people if they want to uh, dig a bit deeper. Thank you. And I'll put links in the in the notes below so people can access that. And John, I just want to say thank you. This has been a wonderful podcast. Thank you for stepping out with this into the business world with a real heart. I really felt that today and a passion for supporting businesses and their people to be the best they very can be. So I invite you just to say a few closing words to those listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that there was one thing, if there's one thing in that sort of 50 minutes that uh, that was that insight or that moment of uh, awareness for you, um, then that's what this is all about. It's about you taking that next step um, and just being alert to where might you go next, particularly with this habit of, of consistency, whether that's uh, an exercise or doing a, a, a bit of reading or reflecting on your own um, experience and your own career. So I just hope that uh, people are taking away that one thing and I encourage people to, um, to, to sort of take that next step because as, as we often say that these habits, it's about working the muscle of the habit. Um, and uh, unless we work the muscle of the habit, we don't build that, that strength uh, over time. So it's whatever that next step is, I just encourage people to think of a, of a next step from this podcast that they could take to continue to build this habit of consistency mm, thank you john and i'm just reminding those listening that habit number four for next time is choosing to be honest so indeed until next time may everyone listening have a wonderful day thank you